Welcome to the ninth installment of the Injury Report. I'm your host, Joe Brenner. I'm a medical student at the University of Toledo, but today I will be joining you from the beaches of Ka'anapali, Hawaii, on the island of Maui. I'm on vacation in between my first and second year of medical school, and just sitting around. I've... uh, been able to do some pretty cool stuff so far, but as far as this podcast goes, the main focuses have been the NBA Finals and the wrapping up of the Conference Finals in the NHL. So we're going to start with the NHL here as the Colorado Avalanche ended up sweeping the Edmonton Oilers. Another year goes by without a Canadian team in the Stanley Cup Final. Noteworthy in the Colorado series is their star center, Kadri, had a broken thumb after a dirty hit by Evander Kane. I was looking to see if I could tell. He was kind of going into the boards. I was looking to see if I could tell where maybe that thumb was injured. You know, the big gloves and everything, it's it's hard to see. I couldn't find any real um, data whether he was it was intra-articular or extra-articular, so pretty much that thumb joint right there where the metatarsal or metacarpal meets the carpals in your thumb, so not the part that sticks out, but the next bone down where that moves. That is a hinge joint or a saddle joint, and it's very complicated. Any damage there is going to be a bigger deal than if not. I think it is because he does have to have surgery so he will it is a a joint surgery I know that I myself had a broken thumb and it did not include the joint Uh, I waited a little too long before I went and saw anybody about it so I did have some rotation and displacement and I did need a pin just to kind of stabilize for bone growth I've also had a friend who broke their thumb and it was involving the joint and he had five pins. So I think it's going to be a little bit more involved, a little bit more invasive going into that joint. And he's not going to be available for the uh, Stanley Cup. And Kemper, who we talked about, he is back for them and they are waiting the winners of the New York Rangers and Tampa Bay Lightning who are tied at 2-2 two to two and playing game five right now, and they're tied in at 1-1 one one at the end of the second period in that series. The New York Rangers are still without Bias, who we talked about had an ACL reconstruction earlier in the year and was slated to possibly come back. He is still out for them, and then they have their... They have a center, Chaitel, out, and he got hit from Hedman in the back, going into the boards again. Kadri stayed. He got pushed in the boards low. Chaitel's up. So looking, if you can find that video, he is going in the boards. His head is looking left. He has his 
stick in his left hand. He's getting pushed in the boards, and he kind of sticks out his right arm to prevent him to kind of catch him from going into the board. I think that the injury is actually to the other shoulder. That or his, his left arm prevents it. His right arm is kind of out to the back. I think it's in his right shoulder that where there might be some injury. He played a little bit longer, and looking at the replay immediately afterward, he's able to fix his helmet after the collision with both his right and left hand. So that involves, uh, especially with his left hand, he's able to get his shoulder, his elbow to about his ear level and fix his head with his elbow movement. So I'm not too, too as worried about that left side as I am his right or maybe even his uh, head. Maybe he had a head injury, you know, a, sm a minor concussion that he just w didn't feel good about going back out for. They held him out for safety concerns. So I don't think that he will be held out. And he was, he did make it back. He did play, or he is playing right now. But uh, I, he might be uh, susceptible to re-injury or not playing as well as he traditionally does for them. Not as easy to rely on there. And Tampa Bay is good to go, so I will keep updated for the rest of this game. And Chytel was able to start today. Moving on to the NBA, the Boston Celtics were able to route the Golden State Warriors, who did have a small lead late in the fourth quarter, or in the middle of the fourth quarter, and then I think they only scored 11 points the entire fourth quarter. So they had their, they were down big time at halftime. They were able to bounce back in the third quarter as they've dominated the third quarter throughout this series. And it just did not carry over into the fourth quarter. Some notable injury activity in that game. Jason Tatum, early in the game, it was in the first, you know, they, the Boston got out to a 10-2 to jump early on and going to shoot some free throws. Tatum had his head go towards his right arm. His neck kind of flexed that way, so ear to right shoulder. And he ended up shaking that right arm out again. So we're going to see that cervical nerve impingement again. So remember those nerve roots that control motor function as well as sensation throughout the arm. They start in that neck, right behind your neck. They shoot out in between your vertebra there and then travel down the length of your arm. And it appears that his are being impinged somehow. So he has some sort of misalignment or there's already an injury there and now it's just more sensitive. But when he turns his head too hard that way and he got bumped, he I don't know if he's feeling numb or pain. I haven't seen anything on either one and it didn't affect his shooting. I think he missed the first free throw, but didn't affect his really the rest of his game. But he that is something that we have been seeing with him and it was pretty apparent that his head kind of got knocked to the one side, uh, putting some more pressure on the joint space where those nerves enter or exit the spinal column. As far as the Celtics go, they're 
doing pretty well. Robert Williams labored around the court yesterday for them. And, well, I guess he'll be listening on Friday, so a couple days ago for them. And he's still day-to-day. That knee has really been bothering him, and he really is a force. He had a couple nice blocks, and he's been – the Celtics have just been keeping the Warriors out of the paint and making them make harder shots. So, I mean, Marcus Smart had four or five right-handed layups that were almost uncontested, and – the Warriors just aren't getting that type of look. And a, a big reason why is Robert Williams. So we will see if he is able to stay on the court, but he is listed as day-to-day, and he did not look as explosive uh, laterally as he usually does, and that knee is the reason why. On the Warriors' side, late in the game, Steph Curry got on the floor for a loose ball, and Someone, I think Al Horford, ended up sitting on kind of the back of his leg in his calf area and putting some pressure on that ankle joint that he has been known to have some problems with. But there didn't appear to be any major twisting. Maybe he had, you know, it was, and it was the opposite way. It would have been more of an eversion strain than an inversion strain from what it looked like. I think it was more they weren't playing very well, and it's easier to just let that stuff get to you. He was able to play the rest of the game and didn't look like he was laboring around too much from that. And I don't expect it to be a major storyline the rest of the way, other than the fact that Steph has had ankle problems before. So he'll be fine. I think, you know, they just weren't playing well and the Boston climate was a little bit much for them at the moment. Otto Porter Jr., is listed also as day-to-day on a foot. He was laboring up the court. I mean, he had some crazy shots that he hit, and he's a big body. He was able to rebound for him, but just getting up and down the court just looks so painful. And between his feet and back, you know, that's carrying all the weight for him getting up and down the court. So, I mean, I hope he can figure it out and contribute because he did contribute when he was out there, but it did not look fun for him. Gary Payton II recovered from his foosh, his fully outstretched hand injury, and he was back out on the court for them. And so I think both teams should be at full bore, depending on Otto Porter day-to-day and Robert Williams day-to-day. Those are the only two guys. The Steph Curry thing could be a headline if he re-aggravates that or you know doesn't shoot well or something like that. And same with Jason Tatum's neck. If he gets bumped wrong and they're in a similar situation, you know, early in the game, they're up. He's going to play through it. If they're getting their butts kicked for some reason and the same thing happens, I wouldn't be surprised if he just kind of used that as the lingering injury to walk off the court. And I'm not saying it's not there the whole time, but it's just a little easier to give in to the overall pain, the chronic pain at that time. Now we're going to jump into a new sport, the WWE. If you go to check out Cody Rhodes on Twitter, he shared a picture of him with a torn peck. And he's black and blue all the way down his arm. So he was lifting and tore his peck. That, the reason for those that swelling and bruising and everything is there's just a lot of uh, blood vessels that lead to the pack and supply the pack and all that damage opens that up and there's also a lot of contents such as like creatinine 
in the muscles, the myoglobin in the muscles that when it's damaged are released, inflammatory cytokines and such. So that damage just releases a lot of that and causes that swelling. Even though the injury is probably a pretty acute location, it's going to cause that swelling and stuff all the way down the arm. And especially because the pec's job is to bring the humerus, the arm, the bone in the top of your arm into the body through adduction, adduction, bringing the, the arm back down towards the body, that is going to try to immobilize the rest of the arm to because of the shoulder joint there. And it attaches on that intertubercular groove, so it'll that any motion there in that shoulder, you can see where it kind of goes through. That's where the pec kind of leads into the shoulder that is where that attaches and that's going to be the, the spot of tearing so i don't know if it was bad enough that he would need surgery either way it's not going to be usable for a while he's going to have to rest and ice and all that if he does need surgery then they will sew it back into place and he'll be immobilized and do this rest ice it's gonna be a lot of rehab slow rehab but you have to keep blood flow there and you have to, you know, try and maintain that. You're not going to be able to maintain the strength, but just the the blood supply, and so that way it's at least getting the nutrients it needs to heal itself. That really wraps up our injuries for the day. Before we do our injured and recovered, we're going to go over what Nostradamus said last week. He predicted Boston would win the finals, and they are up two to one right now. He predicted. Tatum for MVP. I think if the Celtics win, I would give it to Brown right now. He's been more consistent, had bigger plays, although Tatum did have a big game the other day. Uh, as far as Odell Beckham, Julio Jones, and Antonio Brown go, there hasn't, hasn't been any big news. Al Horford has not had another 20-point game in the two since we last spoke, and he, in fact, had two points in game two and 11 in game three and there's no news on the LeBron traded that's a long shot as it is as we get to injured and recovered here injured Draymond Green he had to go off and have his shenanigans that was a big thing going into game three was how he behaved kind of taking cheap shots jawing off and throughout game two and after he got it all out of his system he posted something like two points, five fouls, and five rebounds in game three. So he's just to the stage of his game where I saw Nick Wright say that he just can't do anything if he's not doing that, and I, I really don't think he's at the peak of his powers, and I, that, those might be the peak of his powers. He had so many late-game turnovers that really screwed them. He was careless with the ball. He's there you know, asking him to shoot. He you know, had the two points. So I think they were both off free throws. He just did not contribute very much in that game in a positive manner other than just turning the ball over and getting fouls. So I was disappointed in Draymond's performance. He's got to find a way. It's it's strange to see a player who has had so much success be so scared to shoot the ball. So he's, he's got to figure that out. Recovered me. I'm in Hawaii on vacation. I climbed. Mount Haleakala, which is the third biggest mountain, not the third highest peak, but the third biggest mountain in the world. It's actually taller than Mount Everest. Look it up. And I was up there, biked down. It's a, it's a pretty cool view. Got to ride through a cloud and stuff. 
grateful for that experience as well as being able to surf Waikiki Beach uh, in Honolulu on Oahu, the other island Oahu. So very grateful for these experiences, but I am recovered. The salt water is doing me well, and I am refreshed and ready to get back after it when I get home. Injured is the Tampa Bay Lightning, who are not doing too poorly right now. It's still one-to-one. However, they have lost their first two games in a row in the playoffs since their being swept by the Blue Jackets uh, three years ago, the year before, the year before COVID, I believe. Yeah, 2018. So the Blue Jackets beat them after they were the number one team in the league. They released a statement saying it won't happen again, and it hasn't happened again since then. They've won two in a row and have not, like I said, had back-to-back playoff losses since then. Now they've also been able to tie the series back up, but first for them, and they do appear mortal after all this time. Recovered, Wisconsin basketball player Johnny Davis got a National Taco Bell commercial, and he's not even a for-sure lottery pick. I don't know if, you know, maybe college basketball just is not the place for high-level athletes. There's not really any consensus first pick overall for the Magic in the upcoming draft. Jabari Smith and Chet Holmgren are pretty much one and two with Paolo Benchero from Duke coming in at number three. Jaden Ivey's up there, uh, probably the the fourth of those four, but still someone to be considered. And it is just crazy to see that he's already the one getting recognized, and it's going to be great for Wisconsin basketball if they can you know, make him a a brand name, especially before he even gets drafted, but he's not really even supposed to be one of the highest draft picks, so good for him and his agent, and good for Wisconsin basketball, but surprising to say the least. Injured is Michigan football. They lost the grandson, the five-star quarterback of the the grandson of legend Lloyd Carr, who is five-star quarterback C.J. Carr to Notre Dame. Marcus Freeman's been doing a great job getting high-level recruits, and I think that Notre Dame has a bright future. Again, I've talked about it. I'm worried about this year, week one against Ohio State, but the following year it'll be in Notre Dame, and I think that Freeman will have enough guys between the transfer portal and his own recruitment that they'll be able to compete a little bit better. Recovered is the Los Angeles Rams, who somehow were able to extend Aaron Donald and Cooper Cup two days apart, making them both some of the highest paid players of all time. Now, looking at those two contracts, it was discussed on part of my take. I know for sure that Patrick Mahomes contract that was, you know, at the time, $500 million over 10 years seemed just unreasonable. And now... You know, if Aaron Donald's making 40, why isn't Pat making more than that? So I'm sure they'll rewrite that and renegotiate that. But it is crazy how much things have changed just over the last year as far as contracts go. And again, the cap does not exist. Injured is Baker Mayfield, who was excused and asked not to come to the Browns' mandatory minicamp. It's pretty much 
uh, foregone conclusion that Deshaun Watson will not see the field this year, maybe never again. And it looks like Jacoby Brissett will be taking over under center as the signal caller for the Cleveland Browns week one at the very least. And they have a great roster. Maybe Jacoby can add some stability to the team. If I were Baker Mayfield, I would want to be there. I'd want to prove that what I can do as a healthy quarterback. And, you know, the Deshaun Watson thing isn't a foregone conclusion. Go out there, earn a job. Might not be this one. And see what happens. But being on the bench, teams are not going to want to give you that second shot, especially when there's already a couple guys in next year's draft that are that could be available. Well, they will be available, and the you know poor teams are going to want them. And then recovered, Jason Garrett, former Brown or Cowboys quarter coach, former Cowboys head coach Jason Garrett is taking over for Drew Brees on the NBC sports uh football night in america cast good for him he's a princeton man so he'll be able to provide some great insight i am sure i'm bummed to see drew Brees go but i guess he was not very much of a fan favorite and struggled to give the people what they wanted that'll wrap things up for the ninth installment of the injury report enjoy your weekend and hopefully the Tampa Bay Lightning and Boston or and Golden State Warriors are either tied or winning their series next time I talk to you. Have a good weekend.